everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I'm your host, Jared B. I'm wondering at this point, do I still need to introduce myself? Like at this point, do you know I'm Jared B? Uh, and do you know that this is Bravo Tea with Jared B? This was an interesting week uh, because like... The first half of the week, we had Real Housewives of Atlanta, Summer House, Summer House Martha's Vineyard, and that was like a, a bit lukewarm. And then we get to Tuesday and Wednesday, Lord. Tuesday was the season finale of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which was chaotic and explosive. And then we had the season finale of Vanderpump Rules, which was shocking, cringy, and chaotic. Um, I'm really excited to be recapping the season finale of both these shows on this episode. Um, so let's get right to it. We have The Real Housewives of New Jersey, season 13, episode 15, titled Flappers of Fury. And there was a lot of fury in this episode. We start with a montage of clips of the Prohibition Party, another Prohibition Party, Let's remember, season premiere of Real Housewives of Atlanta, we had a Prohibition 1920s Harlem Nights party. Here we are, season finale of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and here we have a 1920s Prohibition party. Um, and we're, see we're getting a montage of clips. We're seeing yelling. We're seeing finger pointing, cursing. It's about to go down. We cut to a flash forward of Melissa sitting in her backyard, and then she receives a phone call from Dolores Catania, checking in on Melissa the morning after the party. Melissa says she doesn't want to deal with toxic people, and she said she is done. Boom. Done. And then we jump to 12 hours earlier. So we get to Dolores and Polly's party. This is at Paul's house Based on the view, because you see a view of the Hudson River, not that that matters, but I guess he lives in, like, Hoboken, Jersey City, maybe? Um, just by the view of the Hudson River in New York City. Just wanted to point that out. Um, you know, we get to Polly's house, like I said, they're setting up for the party, which is an Irish-themed prohibition party. And I'm just happy that Dolores is happy. I'm happy that Dolores finally has a man that makes time for her. Because that's ultimately, isn't that what you want for Dolores? Is happiness. And she has it. So long, Dr. David. Here comes Paul. Um, and I feel like he might propose next season. Mark my words. Um, and... The ladies start arriving to the party, um, and I just want to first point out that Melissa's outfit is not a 1920s outfit. She's wearing a sequined jumpsuit and a matching scarf. <clears throat> not a Prohibition 1920s outfit. Um, the food and drinks look very good. This is a good-looking party, and the decor is done well. I think Sanya from the Real Housewives of Atlanta should uh, take note of decor for a party because Samia said she spent a hundred grand for Ross's 40th birthday party. I feel like Dolores and Paul probably spent less and their party looks better. Um, 
like I said, people are arriving. The ladies are greeting each other. The men are already taking shots. And then we get into a conversation that starts between Danielle and Melissa. And Danielle is discussing getting emotional at Teresa's bridal shower. Then Rachel Fuda comes out of nowhere and jumps into the conversation at what feels like almost immediately. And I feel like Rachel Fuda saw that there was a camera and it was on Danielle and uh, Melissa and she jumped at this opportunity to get some camera time. Um, And so what happens is another attempt of Danielle and Rachel trying to hash out their beef again, this time with less of an audience, which I think is always best for housewives to hash things out when it is not in a group setting or if the group is around Go off to the side because when you start hashing out drama and the ladies around the table, people start jumping in and then everything just escalates and nothing is resolved. Um, Rachel Fuda mentions that she was genuinely concerned for Danielle on their cash trip in Ireland. Danielle says things happen in Ireland, but I'm good now. But Melissa asks, are there things that happen in Ireland that we don't know about? And at this moment, I I had to ask myself, did Melissa know that this was coming? Did Melissa know that some of the girls already knew about this rumor of Melissa kissing another man who's not her husband in the back of an SUV? And I ask that because if I were in this conversation... And Danielle said things happen in Ireland. I would have assumed Danielle's talking about the drama, the intensity of the trip, the high emotions of the trip. I wouldn't think that if there's more that happened in Ireland that we don't know about. So, like, it kind of feels like Melissa in this moment is planting seeds for something to come out. That conversation happens, and then Teresa and Louie arrive at the party. Things get tense. There's tension in the room. You can cut it with a knife. Different conversations are happening in the room between different groups. And of course, Teresa's relationship with her brother and her sister-in-law comes up. Danielle and Jennifer Aiden go off outside. And Danielle tells Jennifer Aiden that she's going to tell Melissa about the rumor that Jen Aiden told Danielle in Ireland. Now, I want to point out... Jen Aiden said one thing, but her face said another. Jen Aiden says, oh, honey, you can't do that. But at the moment, she says that Jen Aiden has a smirk on her face. If you did not notice it, go back and look at that moment. It's quick. You can miss it in a second, but I noticed it. Um, Jen Aiden says she doesn't want Danielle to tell Melissa because she doesn't want to hurt a family. And due to Melissa, what Margaret did to Jen Aiden a season or two ago when Margaret revealed that Jen Aiden's husband had an affair with one of his employees, which turned out to be true. Jen Aiden, I'm talking to you. The moment you decided to mention this rumor to Danielle on camera while in Ireland was the moment you did exactly what Margaret did to you. You are that girl now. I know you say you didn't want to be that girl in your confessional, but you are that girl. But on the flip side, this is Danielle's first season. Danielle needs to make something happen. I would honestly judge Danielle's position as a housewife if she didn't drop this nugget of information 
at some point in the season. And the final episode of the season is pretty much the perfect time to do it. Danielle needed this moment to help secure her place on the show for another season. And this was her moment. Because look what transpires after that. Pure and utter chaos. So... I'm questioning why on earth Danielle would take the fall for this. This is your first season, and this could put you on an island, but I feel like this was a way for Danielle to show loyalty in some way to Jen Aiden and Teresa. So at this moment, Danielle is uh, laying down the foundation or trying to finish laying down the foundation to have an alliance with Jen, Aiden, and Teresa. But my question, will it be worth it in the end? We shall see. Danielle gets Melissa, pulls her off to the side. Danielle is a wreck because she thinks she's about to tell something to Melissa that she doesn't already know, but we know that Melissa already knew. Melissa says that she already knew this story, that Melissa cheated or made out or kissed another man in the back of an SUV because Teresa contacted her brother Joe, who was married to Melissa, just in case people don't know, to tell him that there was a rumor going around about Melissa. But Teresa didn't think to tell Joe and Melissa. They've been together for 20 plus years. This is your sister-in-law. Like, how do you not contact your brother and sister-in-law and make them both aware that this rumor is going around instead of you reaching out to Joe privately. I understand that's your brother, but like at this point, they've been together for all this time. You might as well have this conversation with both of them. And then we get into all the times Melissa, you know, All the times Teresa has been involved, has participated in rumors being spread about Melissa Gorga on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And then we see the receipts, the footage of the rumors from prior seasons. So, like, you know, no one can say, if you were Teresa Stan, no one can say you don't know or don't see what Teresa ever did to Melissa. You can't say... You can't say that it never happened because we saw it. Bravo showed it. They showed the receipts. Melissa says that she had no intention on revealing her knowledge of this. I don't believe that. I believe that Melissa and Joe were holding on to this information to see if it would come out another way. To see if Teresa possibly told someone else to see if it would come out on the show. And then, therefore, they would know how to proceed with Teresa and Louie after that. This is what I'm thinking. It might not be true. But, like, you know, you have to remember, like, this Housewives thing, it's a game. It's a game. It's like Game of Thrones. But it's happening on Bravo. And there's always ulterior motives. There's always takedowns being plotted. You know, it's, it's the name of the game. Um... Margaret walks into the room where Melissa and Danielle are talking. 
uh, because she says she keeps on hearing her name. And then Margaret and Danielle immediately start going at it. Danielle stands up. Danielle has her fingers in Margaret's face. They're yelling in each other's faces, like pretty much like nose to nose. And this is when the rest of the party starts noticing something is going down. Now, Dolores, Teresa, Jen Aiden, Rachel Fuda, Jen Fessler, Jackie Goldschneider are all in the room. Melissa calls Jen and Teresa a loser. And then another argument starts. Melissa is now yelling at Teresa, chasing her around the house. And then Louis notices the commotion and then goes inside. Can I just say at this moment, I believe that Melissa has every right to be upset with Teresa's involvement with this rumor. But how is Margaret being let off the hook by Melissa? Because let's remember, Margaret allegedly told her ex-best friend Laura this. Laura, who has been mentioned several times this season, and we still don't know who this chick is. And to get back at Margaret, Laura told Teresa and Jen Aiden what Margaret told her. This all leads back to Margaret. But Melissa is not mad at Margaret. And so I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Make that make sense. And I, I hope Andy asked that question on the reunion. And I think he probably will. Um, so then we find out from Teresa that it was actually Louie that contacted Joe about the Melissa rumor. So Joe could get in front of the rumor. So let's just say that's true. Let's say that's true. I'm looking at Teresa kind of crazy because why would you let your fiance, someone that's been around for 15 minutes, who've been together for two to three years, why would you let your fiance contact your brother about a rumor about your sister-in-law? If I was Teresa, I would have been like, babe, I appreciate the support, but let me handle this because this is my family. This is a complicated matter and I don't want to implicate you in this. Teresa, learn to draw some boundaries. Now, Louis gets all involved, red in the face like a tomato. He's dressed like a joker, eyes about to pop out the eyes about to pop out of his head. And Louis starts going nuts. Louis starts saying that he's a winner. He's winning. He's looking directly into the camera like a freaking psycho, pointing at Teresa, saying he's winning, channeling tiger blood energy from Charlie Sheen circa 2011. And then we bounce to a corner with Joe and Melissa. Joe confirms that Louis did indeed contact him to let him know that Melissa cheated on him. But of course, Joe doesn't believe it. And I don't believe it. I don't think that Melissa and Joe would cheat on each other. Those two are tethered to each other. Those two love each other. Those two are jealous of each other. Those two try to keep it hot for each other. I don't believe that Melissa would cheat on Joe. I really don't. Um, Margaret reveals that she thinks Teresa knew Danielle was going to tell Melissa the night of the party, which is why Teresa and Louis showed up late. I don't know if I believe all of that, but 55% of that could be true. And then Teresa reveals in her confessional that Jane, Jen Aiden did let Teresa know about the fact that she told Danielle about the rumor in Ireland, but Teresa told them not to say anything. 
I feel like there should have been a wink wink after that because like Teresa's like, well, you know, you can't control what people do. Like, you know, if you drop that seed of information and you on the real housewives of anything, that there is a potential that this information could come out and play out on the show. And that would probably hurt your sister-in-law and your brother. Then Margaret and Danielle start going back at it. Then Jen Aiden mentions the fact that Margaret spreads rumors that ruins families and mentions the affair that Margaret revealed about Jen Aiden's husband. Margaret says, Bill, Jen Aiden's husband, he slept with a subordinate. And then Jen Aiden freaks out. And then Jen Aiden's like, she threw herself at my husband. And I would just like to know, Jen Aiden, your husband is a grown man who should be able to exhibit some type of self-control as a married man, even if the woman threw herself at Bill. Bill walks Jen Aiden downstairs, tries to console her, apologizes to Jen for putting her in this situation, and says that she doesn't deserve it. Then... Most of the group convenes and Danielle starts talking about how she heard about the rumor. Then here comes Louie again. Louie's like, yeah, I called Joe. I called Joe a lot of things. And then Louie's like, mentions Bo, Bo Dadle. And he says that Bo Dadle knows things about everyone in this room. Bo Dadle comes up later on in the episode. Everyone is like, who? Who's Bo Dadle? And I had to Google him. Bo Dadle is a very well-known private investigator who used to work for the NYPD. Louis is now starting to have a moment on camera. Thirsty as hell, which is probably why he's so red in the face because he's parched. Nate, Danielle's husband, is trying to maneuver Louis out the situation, maneuver him out the room, get him to go find Teresa. And now Joe Gorger is ready to go after Louis and fight. Louis goes downstairs where Teresa, Bill, and Jen Aiden are. And Louis says, Melissa is trying to fight me. And that is a lie. Melissa was not trying to fight you. Then we go back upstairs to the rest of the party. And Margaret and Danielle are going at it for like a third time tonight. Danielle tells Margaret that she can kick her big fat ass and turns around and grabs her ass in the most theatrical manner. And Danielle's like, come at me, come at me. What else you got? And like... And you got to give it up for Danielle. She dropped a bomb at this party, and now she's just giving you pure circus. Pure circus. Thank you, Danielle. You have earned a season two on the Royal Housewives of New Jersey. So then the party simmers down, and people decide to go home. And I love how Polly ended the night with Dolores closing the door, saying, oh, that was just, that was such a great party. Um, It was a great party. Maybe not for you guys, but... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, we get to the next scene. We're at Teresa and Louie's house. And it's probably the next morning. Jen Aiden comes over. They start talking about the party. And Teresa's like, somehow everything gets pointed back to her. Well, you know what, Teresa? What wouldn't happen is if you weren't always involved in some rumor about Melissa being spread on the show then fingers might not always be pointed back to you. 
I don't think Teresa was the root of the rumor, but she's a, she's a tree branch yielding ripe fruit to be picked. So, you know, I, I, you know, what's notable about Teresa is that she is consistently unable to own up to her participation in the things that she does and the fallout of them. Teresa will always point fingers at someone else. Teresa will say, well, if you didn't say this, if you didn't do this, if you didn't mention this, if you didn't joke about this, if you didn't give an interview about this, then she wouldn't have done this back. And like one thing that has been consistent about Teresa Judice since season one is Teresa is incapable of acknowledging her own faults. And that's a problem. But that's what also um, makes her a great housewife because there is a level of, well, there's a lack of self-awareness that I think that's what it takes to be a great housewife. Um, We get to Melissa and Joe's house now. We jump back into kind of where the show started. And that's when Dolores calls Melissa about the party last night. Then we jump to Joe. He's at one of his construction sites. And uh, I said construction sites, uh, construction sites. And Joe reveals in his confessional that Louie told him that Melissa has cheated with multiple men. Then a couple of days later, apparently Gia, one of Teresa's daughters, uh, which means this is Joe's niece, this is Joe's goddaughter, calls her Uncle Joe and tells him, we think you could do better than Melissa. We all think so. And so, like, just to point out in that moment, I feel like boundaries have been crossed. And I can only speak for myself. Um, But as the son of my mother, I would not dare ever involve myself in any conflict my mother might have with her brothers and sisters. Never. That's not my place Even as a 31-year-old adult, that's not my place. Stay out of grown folks' business, Gia. Sure, you have an opinion, Gia. You're an adult. You're allowed to have an opinion. This is your family. But your involvement should end with just having an opinion. And that's an opinion you keep to yourself within the confines of your mother's home. Because that's the kind of relationship that... They have. Like, if you've watched Real Housewives of New Jersey since day one, Teresa and Joe Judice, her ex-husband, have always kind of let their daughters say whatever um, and have an opinion about whatever and speak their mind about whatever, even as kids in grown folks' business. And I just don't agree with that at all. But we go back to the phone conversation between Melissa and Dolores. And Melissa says that Teresa has been doing this to her since she was 24. Dolores says that she doesn't know where they go from here. And honestly, I don't even know where they go from here. Matter of fact, I don't even know where this cast as a whole, this ensemble cast, goes after this season, to be honest. Because I've read this week that Bravo is putting... New Jersey on pause. I heard originally until the fall to let things kind of simmer out. Um, And then now today I'm seeing, according to page six 
Um, they might be on hiatus until 2024. But I think Bravo is a little naive to think that a little time is just going to like make things better between Teresa and Melissa. I, I don't know what Bravo has to do. I don't know if they have to get rid of one or the other. I don't know if they have to revamp the cast. I don't know if they have to get rid of both. Um, I, I, I don't know. But the what I've said consistently on this podcast is that I and the viewers no longer want to watch the family drama with Teresa, her brother, and Melissa. No one. I'm on social media, and that's all people are saying. No matter if they're Team Teresa, Team Melissa, Team Nobody, no one wants to watch it anymore. So, like, after this dramatic season... Where do you go for next season? I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know. And this was the season finale of Real Housewives in New Jersey. And we're given a sneak peek for Teresa's wedding special, where multiple housewives from multiple franchises will be making an appearance. Even Chanel Ayan made an, she went to Teresa's wedding. Um, a couple of days after Teresa, oh my gosh, I'm messing up my words. Let me get some water. My mouth is a little dry. Help me, Jesus. Excuse me, everyone. This is as real as it's going to get. This is raw. Uncut. Um, so yeah, Chanel Ayan from the Real Housewives of Dubai, um, was invited to Teresa and Louis' wedding last minute after meeting up with I believe Teresa and Jen Aiden for like lunch or dinner. Um, you see Kenya Moore make an appearance from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Cynthia Bailey from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think Marisol and um, Alexia from the Real Housewives of Miami. I think um, um, Ashley Darby from the Real Housewives of Potomac makes an appearance. So like, you know... Next week's wedding special for Teresa is almost like a Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Strip, but it just happens to be Teresa's wedding. Um, and when we return, we're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules and the scandal of it all. We'll be right back. Stay here. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get right into Vanderpump Rules. This is season 10, episode 15. The episode title is Hashtag Scandival. This is the moment that we've all been waiting for for months to see how everything played out. And the show starts out with an appearance by Sheena and Raquel on Andy Cohen's show, Watch What Happens Live, on March 1st of this year. 2023. We see Andy ask the ladies who's the hotter Tom, Sandoval or Schwartz. Both Sheena and Raquel answer and they say Sandoval. In that moment, both Andy and Sheena seem to be shocked about Raquel's answer. And I gotta be honest, when I watched this live on Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, because I did watch this live, I didn't see the big deal with her answer. But now, with some hindsight, now I do. 
Then the show cuts to a split-screen confessional with Sandoval and Ariana explaining what led to Scandoval. So on that same night, Sheena and Raquel were on Watch What Happens Live. Sandoval was performing with his band at TomTom for the release of his band's new single that nobody cares about and that no one will buy and that no one will listen to, uh, especially at this point. Uh, And Sandoval's phone falls out of his pocket and someone gives it to Ariana for safekeeping. Then Ariana goes through his camera roll and discovers a screen recording of Tom and Raquel up to some thangs on FaceTime at Tom Schwartz's apartment. Ariana then reaches out to Raquel while she's at Watch What Happens Live. I assume this is after they taped the show to uncover the truth about her discovery and Raquel confirms the affair. Sheena then says in her confessional, Raquel told her backstage at Watch What Happens Live after the show that she had been having a seven-month affair with Sandoval and Ariana just found out. Then we go to Tom and Ariana's house. Ariana is being consoled by her friend and Sandoval is checking himself out in the mirror, which checks for Tom Sandoval. Tom enters the living space. It's kind of an open floor plan. It's those modern farmhouse architecture types. Um, And so Tom goes to the fridge. The friend exits. And then Tom Sandoval asks, Ariana, do you want anything? And Ariana responds, for you to die. First clock right there. Ariana is quick. She is very quick. Like, Ariana in five years might, depending on where she is, might be a good housewife of Beverly Hills. Because I've never seen Ariana activated in the way that she is in this scene. Um, And... I want to point out before I move further in the discussion of this uh, tragic scene, um, I want to be honest, in the moments leading up to this conversation between Sandoval and Ariana, this felt a little staged to me. Because in my mind, I'm like, did he spend the night there? And we find out he was at Tom Schwartz place the night before, allegedly. But if I were a producer, I would have shown Sandoval arriving at the house that morning to the friend consoling Ariana so they can talk. And to me, that would have felt more natural than this scenario we are watching now. But we get, you know, Ariana's drinking red wine out of the bottle. Lord, peace be with her. Um, Ariana is letting Sandoval know I knew you when you had nothing, when you had little money to your name, driving a 2007 2007 Honda Civic, a car that could easily take you 300 miles if you take care of it. Um, And Ariana's like, she loved him then. Sandoval starts trying to say, well, he does say, that he found something in Raquel that he wasn't getting from Ariana. And I... I understand Ariana screaming, I don't give a fuck about Raquel! Because she didn't ask for the prequel to the cheatation, Tom. We didn't ask for it. In this moment, you should be acknowledging what you did, being apologetic for it, 
And then, like, pretty much asking where do we move from, where do we move to from here? And I would have been like, you know, how are we going to divide this house? Are we going to sell it? Because at this moment, Ariana confirmed on Watch What Happens last night that they are still living in the house together. At this moment. I don't know how that's even possible. Um... It sounds like Tom, Tom is trying to say that he basically had a midlife crisis about 10 years too early, but I truly believe that time moves faster in L.A., so I can see how Tom had a midlife crisis at 40. Um, Tom says that he tried to break up with Ariana two weeks ago, but, buddy, th- this was happening for seven months. Two weeks ago was a little too late, very too late, um, and let's just say that Tom Sandoval tried to break up with Ariana, not just once, but on several occasions, and Ariana's not having it. She's refusing. She's like, no, you and I are together, thick and thick and thin. Um, we're going to work this out. We're going to go to therapy. I would just say leave the house, Tom. Move out. Get an apartment. Go to a hotel, stay with a friend, and hire a lawyer so you guys can come to an agreement on how you can split the assets, whether it be a joint bank account or the house that you co-own. And I know that not everyone has those options. Say you're in a long-term committed relationship, you own things together, whether it be a car or property. I understand that not everyone has the resources to like move out start another lease, get an apartment, go to your parents' house or a friend's house or a family member's house. I completely understand that not everyone has those resources, but Tom Sandoval does have those resources. Um, So then we get to the next scene, Tom Schwartz's apartment. And it's no surprise to me that Tom Schwartz lives like a college student. Um, You know, grow up. I just, like, I sometimes want to like Tom Schwartz, but again, he, to me, he plays, like, this bashful, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just a guy just, you know, just trying to go along my way and make it happen in Hollywood. Um, And then Tom Sandoval starts to give us a soap opera moment, crying into the arms of Tom Schwartz. And Tom Schwartz looks uncomfortable, but he's, I guess, just trying to be a good friend. To Tom Sandoval and Sandoval is apologizing to Schwartz because he's being dragged into this. Schwartz and Sandy's are <laughs> they're getting negative Yelp reviews and I, I have to point I have to point this out. Um this is very beehive for Bravo fans because Beyonce fans, the beehive, they will swarm, they will drop a Yelp review in minutes and change that score. That score from a 5.0 to a 1.3 and within 20 minutes, the Beehive will change Wikipedia pages and the Beehive will have you contacting the FBI because you're starting to get death threats. So like, you know, the Bravo fandom in this moment, they swarmed on Yelp and Schwartz and Sandys and they they channeled the Beehive in that moment. Um, you know, and I, I have to say, as someone who reads the hashtags of these shows 
um, for on Bravo, you know, Bravo fans are neck and neck with kind of like how intense the Beehive could be. And like respect to the Beehive. I, I love Beyonce. I'm going to her Renaissance concert August 12th here in Atlanta. So don't come for me. Um, I'll move on past that because I don't want bees swarming on me on the internet. Um, but, you know, Sandoval is crying into Tom Schwartz's arms and Sandoval seems more remorseful to Tom Schwartz than he was to Ariana. Schwartz, of course, is concerned about the finances of this all. He put everything into his restaurant. He has mentioned that already this season. And I would be concerned, too, about the aftermath of our business. What's going to happen? You know, like, you've put everything into it. At this point, you can't even open the restaurant on time. You're still tasting things. Tom Schwartz is out there cheating and trying to be a rock star. They're all stressed out. And then, boom, here comes this. So if I were Tom Schwartz, I'd, I'd be concerned too. Um, Sandoval keeps trying to give us the prequel to this cheatation. No one cares about the spark you felt when you and Rachel first kiss. Stop trying to explain why you cheated and acknowledge what you did, which he has. I will give him that. But we don't need a backstory to this bad romance. And we see clips of Jax, you know, kind of talking about how he felt like Ariana and Tom Sandoval's relationship was phony. Jax is completely thriving off the Scandoval moment. He is, he's been on Watch What Happens Live. He's making the podcast round. He's giving his opinion. He's calling Tom Sandoval out. Um, and in a way, he has every right to because Tom Sandoval used to like call him out about being accountable about Jax's cheating. But here you go living in a glass house, throwing, you know, throwing boulders at this point. But I will say, please don't bring Jax back to the show. We don't need him. We don't need him. What 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 good would Jax be to the next season of Vanderpump Rules other than to just solely go after, what, Tom Sandoval? And, like, now the rest of the cast is you know, back in the good graces of Jax, even though I know that him and Brittany are cool with a lot of people on the cast. Um, but I don't think the show needs Jax. And I don't think the show needs Kristen Doty either, but that's just my opinion. So we get to the next scene. We're back in Tom and Ariana's house. Sheena arrives to support Ariana, and then Katie arrives. Um, and I just want to give a reminder, because I know Sh- Sheena's emotional. Sheena is heartbroken for Ariana, her friend. And, you know, that's how a friend shows up, the way that Sheena is showing up in this moment. But I just want to remind the listeners how we met Sheena 10 seasons ago, um, and possibly before then. Sheena Shea was the mistress of Brandy Glanville, who was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Sheena was the mistress of Brandy Glanville's ex-husband, Eddie Cibrian, who is like a D-list actor. You can look up his IMDb page to check his credits. Um, Brandy has said that Sheena had an affair with Eddie Cibrian when Brandy was pregnant and they were married. 
Um, we also end up finding out that Eddie Cibrian did like either a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark movie with country singer superstar uh, Leanne Rimes back in, in, in Canada where they filmed the movie. And Leanne Rimes and Eddie Cibrian fell in love. And then that was the end of Eddie and Brandy. And then that is how we met Brandy Glanville on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, so it's revealed that Ariana, well, from Ariana, that Sandoval and Raquel shagged in the car the night that Ariana's dog died. I don't, there's no opinion to give on that. You know, (laughs) your opinion is your own. Sheena talks about how she didn't allegedly deck Raquel while she was in New York City for Watch What Happens Live. Um, I don't think that Sheena punched Raquel. I think that Sheena got physical with Raquel, but I don't believe that Sheena punched Raquel, especially when Sheena demonstrated in her confessionals that her nails are not, you know, her nails are too long to even uh, create a fist with her hands. So thank you, Sheena, um, for displaying that for us. You know, case closed. Um, then we get to James Kennedy in Allie's apartment. James is a, he's emotional in his confessional about his friendship with Tom Sandoval. He says he looked up to Tom Sandoval and I'm asking myself, why would anyone look up to Tom Sandoval? Like I've said, I have not consistently watched Vanderpump Rules since the beginning, but I have seen a lot. I have watched all the reunions for every season, even though I haven't watched every season in full, because the reunion is kind of like where you, you know, find out everything that has happened. Um, But from what I have always watched of Tom Sandoval, he's always kind of been a loser, a wannabe. You know, he's a wannabe actor. Let's remember, like, This guy wanted to be an actor, and now he is giving a performance of a lifetime on this show. So he got what he wanted. Lala arrives, who was originally suspicious since the end of the season, and I will admit, Lala clocked it. I have to admit that. Lala talks about the fact that she thinks that Sandoval has been cheating often and that he allegedly had a tryst with Billy Lee, who we did see in paparazzi pictures with Tom Sandoval in the aftermath of the Sandoval story breaking. James Kennedy then decides to call Raquel on the speakerphone with everyone in the room just to insult her. James starts going in and talking about Sandoval's 40-year-old little cocky cock. Um, I like James. I think James is funny. But in this moment, I felt like this was a little juvenile. Um, I think James feels hurt, and that hurt is valid. I believe that he still loves Raquel. And even though Raquel might have deserve to be roasted in this morning. I think this was, I think it was juvenile. And let's remember that it was revealed that James and Lala hooked up while James was in a relationship with Raquel. So even though I feel like James and Lala are relishing in this Scandaval situation, remember you two, 
don't throw stones when you too live in fragile glass houses. And I will also say, I think that Ali is too mature for James Kennedy. Maturity, like, out of this world compared to James Kennedy. So then we move on to the most uncomfortable scene of this episode, Raquel's apartment. This scene made me feel nauseous when I watched it. And that might be my lingering stomach bug, but like the the nausea didn't hit me until this scene started playing out. So Sandoval arrives, greets Raquel, the mistress, and they take a shot of whatever and then chase it with Coors Light, which I find devilish, diabolical, and devilish. And maybe they were trying to loosen up a bit to film, but, like, I don't have words to describe this moment. If you're trying to loosen up, again, I understand that. Take a shot before you film. Don't take a shot. Because to me, a shot is celebratory. Like, yay, shot, shot, shots. Not like, oh, we just got caught in a scandal. Let's take a shot. Wrong time, wrong place. Wrong time, wrong place. Does not look good. Does not look like you guys are remorseful one bit. So, also, Sandoval called Raquel Ariana. Raquel just laughs and brushes it off like a weirdo. Sandoval asks to kill... (laughs) Sandoval asks Raquel to kill some of the lights, and Raquel does, and then her space lights turn on. And now this has just become a parody. This is Toy Story 9. This is some weird fan fiction Toy Story movie where uh, Andy grows up to be Sandoval, and uh, Andy is just, like, living his dreams in L.A., and these are two kids just trying to make it in Hollywood. And... You know, I feel judgmental because I'm going to be honest. Two years ago, my little sister bought me a space lamp from my bedroom uh, because I got an ad on Instagram. And I'm going to be honest. It was kind of cool. And it I, honestly, I slept very well with my space lamp. Um, but just in this moment, the space lamp is not necessary. Um, and then they try to embrace, they try to kiss, but it's weird for them because they're filming right now. Raquel is smiley and giggly. She's clearly uncomfortable, but also not really giving a crap and not feeling remorseful at all. She's a little too giddy in her confessional, talking about how the sex was so good with Tom Sandoval, we don't need to hear that, that she just couldn't help herself, and she just could not stop. Little girl. Like... I see why she, like, hired another PR team, because she played this wrong. She played this wrong. I mean, you know, I know I'm not supposed to leave, like, these moments of silence. Um, And so sometimes I feel the need to just ramble and talk. But, you know, this whole scene was crazy and cringy and just, like, yeah. I don't have words, and yet I do have words. Um, And then they sit on the couch and they try to imply that Sheena punched Raquel. 
But from what we see, it's just a scratch up by her eyebrow, which probably was from Sheena's nails. Um, we get to Lisa Vanderpump's house. There's not much to mention with that. Lisa Vanderpump is playing mother hen and consoling Ariana. Then we jump to Katie's apartment and Katie gets right into it. Tom Schwartz arrives with, I guess, uh, their dog. I guess they have joint custody of a dog. Um, And Katie knows exactly what needs to be done. She knows exactly what needs to be asked. Katie is like, how long have you known? And Schwartz is like, maybe a month ago. But Katie is like, no, 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 no. Because at BravoCon, when Raquel was walking around looking like a Tom Tom groupie, I said to you that she looks like a, a groupie. And Katie's like, you told me, oh, she's not here for me. Listen. Women remember the most minute details of everything in time, in infinity. So I believe Katie. I believe Katie heard Schwartz say that in Raquel. I said I believe that Katie heard Schwartz say something about... I believe that Katie heard Schwartz say Raquel. What? I believe... Why can't I get out my words? I believe that Katie heard Tom Schwartz say that about Raquel. We're not going to cut that out. We're going to leave that in. Um, Yeah, I believe that. Looking like a groupie at BravoCon. When, like, this is the show you're on, Raquel. You're you're not, like, a fan buying tickets. You're a main character on the show. Show up like you should and stop, like, playing this, like, this schoolgirl... This schoolgirl shtick is... If it was working for you before, it's certainly not working now. So then Tom Schwartz reveals that he knew about a one-night stand in the fall. Mission accomplished for Katie. She got the info she needed that implicates Tom Schwartz in all of this. Then Tom Schwartz, like, breaks out into some weird sequiloquy, soliloquy, soliloquy, that's the word, soliloquy about being a simple man trying to get by and a man-eating Nile crocodile in Florida now. This has just turned it into an improv. Um, What was that? What was that? Just a simple man trying to get by and man-eating Nile crocodiles in Florida now. Like, this is one thing that I love about reality television because, like, sure, some things might be set up. Some things might be scripted. Yes, a producer might get involved and, you know, get things to happen. But you can't write what just came out of Tom Schwartz's mouth. You can't write that. Only that could be within Tom Schwartz. And I believe that was in Tom Schwartz. So then we get to the next scene. We're back at Tom and Ariana's house. Kristen Doty makes an appearance after a couple of years. And, you know, we are reminded that Sandoval and Kristen Doty were in a relationship when Sandoval was hooking up with Ariana. Now, I will say there's this saying that how you get them is how you lose them. And if you need an example of that, look at Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. I'll say no more after that. Um, 
So, also, we knew that in the past, Jax, who used to be on the cast, who I asked for Bravo not to return to the show, Jax was hooking up with Kristen Doty when Jax was in a relationship with Stassi when the show began 10 seasons ago. And I feel like I need a Venn diagram for this friendship orgy that I've been kind of like pointing out throughout this recap. Um, and then Kristen and Ariana go outside. They have a burn session, which is a West Hollywood style. And, you know, as a Beyonce fan, I must admit that I thoroughly enjoyed the moment when Ariana quoted Beyonce's Lemonade. So Kristen says ashes to ashes, and Ariana says dust to side chicks. Brilliant. This is how I know Beyonce, uh, Ariana is a fan of Beyonce. When, because, like, that's not even mentioned in Beyonce's album Lemonade. The dust to the side chicks, that's mentioned in the visual album that was on HBO for Lemonade. So not only did Ariana listen to Lemonade, she watched it. And you can't get the full impact of Lemonade if you don't watch Lemonade. And if you don't know, Lemonade was Beyonce's sixth studio album that was released in 2016, along with a visual album that dropped at the same time on HBO. This album revealed that her husband, J to the Z, had an affair with Becky with the good hair. If you don't know, now you know. So the next scene, we're back at Lisa Vanderpump's house. Uh, Sandoval is continuing to make his rounds. And at this point, he's still trying to plead his case. And there's nothing more to say about that. He's pled his case like three times. And I've said how I felt about it. Uh, but Lisa Vanderpump was right in that moment. In her confessional, she's like, they've all been guilty of something like this before, just not to this magnitude. So just how I clocked and broke down how, like, a lot of people coming out the woodwork, relishing in the Scandival situation, you know, lambasting Raquel and Sandoval. Yes, they both messed up, but a lot of the people pointing fingers were involved in some shady matters with cheatation at some point on this show. So thank you, for Lisa Vanderpump, for pointing out what I said. Then we move to the next scene. We're at the Grandmaster rooftop. The girls have gathered. And we have another rare sighting of Charlie, who I have no clue even makes an appearance on the three-part reunion. I don't even... Is Charlie going to come back next season? Is, <laughs> who is Charlie at this point? So we have Charlie, we have Lala, we have Sheena, we have Katie, all dressed in black like they're going to a West Hollywood funeral. And Ariana arrives in her gold freakum dress ready for a girl's night. Sheena reveals that she found out that Raquel filed a restraining order against her. Sheena feels betrayed because Sheena did have Raquel's back. She did. Sheena was defending Raquel. Sheena was making sure that Raquel was included in groups' events, even if people on the cast didn't, didn't really F with her like that. Um, but 
the fact that Raquel filed a restraining order against Sheena, this is what leads to the cast filming setup that we will we will see at the reunion because legally, because of this restraining order, Sheena and Raquel could not be in the same room together. So on the reunion over the next couple, what, three weeks, we will not see Sheena and Raquel participating in this reunion at the same time. Um, then Tom Schwartz shows up to Girls' Night, which is a bold move at, because, you know, he's an accomplice to Scandaball. Ariana and Schwartz have a conversation. Sorry, I just burped. Um, and I have to say that I'm so impressed with Ariana's composure. Um, throughout this whole episode, yes, she was angry. Yes, she was emotional. But Ariana is coming in with her facts. Ariana is making her points. Ariana is giving a, gave a lashing to Sandoval, and now she's laughing into Schwartz. Uh, like I said, Ariana's quick, and there there's something, there's a fire burning within Ariana that I have not seen in the past, where I'm seeing like she has the potential to be a real housewife of Beverly Hills. I know I said that already, but I'm I'm gonna say it again. Mark my words. Five to ten years, not five to ten years, five five to six years, depending on where Ariana is in her life and where she is. I think that Ariana would be a good Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, maybe even next gen Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like revamp New York Housewives of, you know, Housewives of New York style. Um, but, you know, like I said, Ariana was quick. She was concise with her points. And in this moment, you see Ariana create a boundary, an emotional boundary for herself. And she said she will not be friends with anyone that's friends with Tom Sandoval. So they will not be friends anymore. Boom. She made it clear. She drew a line. And Tom Schwartz is just going to have to deal with it because... Tom Schwartz is not going to end his friendship with Tom Sandoval. Those two were tethered to each other as well. And so we get to the last scene. We're at Sheena and Brock's place. And Sandoval is continuing to make his rounds. Sandoval starts pleading his case yet again about the fact that he was going to break up with Ariana. But Sheena clocks back at him. But you didn't. You after her best friend. And I don't think... Tom Sandoval has registered that fact yet. Because Tom Sandoval is like, I was going to break up with her. I tried. I attempted. But, like, the response is always going to be, but you didn't. You didn't break up with her. And you cheated with her best friend. So, like, as much as you try to defend yourself that you tried to break up with a girlfriend, you didn't. And, you know, you know. Listen to that Creep song by TLC. Creep. Yeah, just keep it on the down low. And no, to know. I know the song better when it plays. So then, sorry, I'm drinking water. Forgive me. I'm thirsty. This thing dries out your mouth so much and also like I'm still not feeling well kind of with the stomach bug thing like I feel like I I have a bit of a fever I'm hot 
I'm sweating. It's also possible I forgot to turn my air conditioning down when I got home, so it's probably 75 degrees in my apartment. Um, but it rained, so it shouldn't be that bad, but it's probably humid outside. Um, I digress. Um, Sheena asks if he has cheated on Ariana, other than this moment with Raquel. And Sandoval says yes, but he doesn't really want to go into who and the situation. Sandoval also says that the relationship has not been in the best place for four to five years. Sheena's like, then why buy a house with her? And he says he thought it would bring them together. Oh, yes. Isn't that logical? I'm sitting back and thinking, huh, you're not happy in your relationship. So let's make a major financial decision together, like buying a house. Because maybe that would fix things. And that's not a Band-Aid at all. I mean, it could be a Band-Aid, but, like, it's a Band-Aid that's meant to go over a stab wound. Which, I mean, like, you're going to bleed out. The Band-Aid might catch some blood, but you're still injured. And if you don't, like, go to the emergency room, if you don't go to urgent care, if you don't remedy the injury the stab wound, you're going to get an infection. But instead, they just decided to put a Band-Aid on it. And I mean, I feel like this moment, again, I'm going to say I'm not in a relationship. I'm going to say again, I'm not in a relationship. So I can't relate to this, but I feel like there are a lot of couples out there that can relate to making moves in their relationship with the hopes of helping the relationship, whether it be a child, um, whether it be a house, whether it be, you know, an animal, a turtle, a fish, you know. I think, I don't think it's obtuse. I don't think it's abnormal for Tom to think that buying a house together would bring them together. But I think as an outsider looking in, it seems a bit naive. And I'm not trying to be judgmental of that naivete. That's a word, right? I think it is. Naivete. Um, but it's just like, mm, to be in a relationship for four to five years, and know that you're not happy. And then make a decision to buy a house together. Which is a long-term commitment. Just to end up cheating on your girlfriend of nine years. With one of her best friends. Someone that was defending the girl you cheated with. Because everyone was looking at her with a side eye. Everyone was questioning her motives. And Tom Sandoval is like, I tried. And like, there were a lot of moments in this episode that I felt like Tom Sandoval showed remorse. He broke down in tears a lot. It seemed like at Lisa Vanderpump's house, he was having a bit of a panic attack. But... <sighs> Part of me was like, 
is this performative? Am I lacking empathy because he messed up so bad? And it, in such like a, in a juvenile way, almost, just to think that he could have an affair with someone within his friend group on a reality show that's filmed. To me, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. And Scandaval is the disaster. And my question is, what happens next season? Because what I know about the Real Housewives franchise is like, whenever a housewife is on an island, whenever a housewife has put themselves in a position where no one else wants to be on the show with them, where no one else wants to film with them, what usually happens is the housewife gets fired or demoted to a friend of. Who's going to want to film with Tom Sandoval? Tom Schwartz, yes. Lisa Vanderpump, yes. Ariana's not going to film with Tom Schwartz. I don't know if Sheena's going to film with Tom Schwartz. I don't think Lala's going to film, not Tom Schwartz. So Ariana's not going to film with Tom Sandoval. Uh, Lala's not going to film with Tom Sandoval. I don't think Sheena's going to film with Tom Sandoval. I don't think Katie's going to film with Tom Sandoval. So all Tom Sandoval has to film with is like, what, Raquel, Lisa Vanderpump, and Tom Schwartz. And then we get to Raquel. Ariana Shore as hell is not going to film with Raquel. Lala's not. James Kennedy is not. Katie is not. Sheena is not. So who does Raquel film with? Charlie? Sandoval? LVP? So that's why I'm questioning, what happens with the cast next season? What plays out next season? Are we going to continue this drama next season? Do we want to watch this drama next season? Do we want to watch more of this? Are they going to bring Jax back to just go after Tom Sandoval? So those are kind of like my lingering questions after finishing this season of Vanderpump Rules. I'm curious to see what's going to happen next season, and I'm excited to watch this three-part reunion coming up. Let's remember, a three-part reunion is coming up for Vanderpump Rules, and it was announced that the day after on Peacock, they will air the uncensored and extended version of each part of the reunion. I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for that. I really need Bravo to open the vault and just give us the uncensored version of everything. Yes. Give us the uncensored version of Watch What Happens Live. Give us the uncensored version of Vanderpump Rules, Summer House, Real Housewife, all of it. Because like, I feel like that would be more enjoyable. Because so many times... The cast, they're arguing about things, they're cursing, they're saying things like, you know, that are not appropriate to play on cable television, and like, you can't understand what people are saying. But then, we as the viewers really get to like, understand 
what's being said if we get the uncensored version. So I don't think Bravo knows this, but they have opened Pandora's box by giving us this option that they've never given us this before. And if the viewers enjoy it, viewers will ask for more of it. So be prepared, Bravo and Peacock. Open the vault. This was an interesting episode. I enjoyed recapping this. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting the show and bearing with me through um, a rough week with my tummy. Um, I'll be better next week. I'm going to take it easy this weekend. Um, I'm probably going to go watch me some Top Chef World All-Stars. If you're not watching Top Chef and you love competition and you love good food, watch Top Chef. It's, It's a Bravo OG it's pretty much been nominated for an Emmy every every season that's been on. I think it's won one Emmy, but has been nominated for an Emmy every season it's been on. I'm loving this season of Top Chef. I'm going to have some water, get in the bed, and uh, until next time, everyone, please remember to like and subscribe. Um, give us good ratings. Give us a rating. You know, leave reviews, type out a review. It would help if people see, you know, people saying the podcast is good, not just seeing stars, even though I'm I'm grateful for everyone's participation, participation in boosting the pod in the ether. Um, yeah, I'm thankful for everyone. Uh, and also, I haven't said this before. But follow the pod on social media, on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B and on Twitter. If you are on the Twitter at Bravo T with JB, because Bravo T with Jared B does not fit in the Twitter handle. So I had to shorten it on Twitter. It's at Bravo T with JB. Thank you for the support and, uh, I'll see you guys next Wednesday with some more Bravo Tea with Jared B. Have a good weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Holla.